This show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desk. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at Altizen.com. A-L-T-I-Z-E-N.com. Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. In this episode, I speak to Jens Mikkel, China and Asia-Pacific Community Director of Startup Grind on the Shenzhen startup ecosystem, the interesting startups and venture capital firms, and most importantly, how the major players such as Huawei and Tencent interact with them. Hi, Jan. Hello. Hey, Bernard. How are you? I'm good. Where are you based now? So I am based, I live in Shenzhen, China, but now, right now, I'm actually in Prague, Czech Republic, because that's where I come from. And, uh, you know, it's an amazing place. So I'm super excited to be on the show with you today from Prague. Yes, and I actually have visited Prague when I was living in Europe for seven years. So probably it's one of the most beautiful cities with very great architecture that I've seen in there. Yes, I love it. I love it. I always, every time I come back, I'm just amazed how amazing this city is. And we are talking to Jens Mekel, China and Asia-Pacific Community Director at Startup Grind. It's great to have you on the show because we're going to have a very interesting conversation coming up. But before we go to that, I want to get to know you better. How do you start your career? Yeah, it was actually very interesting and very random at the same time because everything actually started in Prague, as I said. So I was studying at the university in Prague. I was studying finance and economics. During those studies, I decided I want to do something more. I wanted to try to be an entrepreneur myself because I was reading these articles online in magazines like Forbes and stuff like that. And I just got excited that I want to do something like that. And so I actually started my very first company when I was still at the university. I was finishing my bachelor degree in Prague and we started a company that was actually linked to China because we were importing some mobile phones and accessories and, and some products from China and we were selling them online in Czech Republic and Slovakia. And so that's where it actually started. That's something that brought me to China at the first place because after one year of running this business, I decided to move to China because I wanted to explore how we can build the business, how we can grow the business uh, by connecting with the local suppliers and the people that we were in touch, basically online only. So I moved to China. After that, I ended up selling the business, you know, after, let's say, another one year in China because I just wanted to also try different things. Now I work for Startup Grind, which is the largest entrepreneur community in the world, basically. As you mentioned, I run China and APAC region for them. And it's just super exciting for me to work with all of the entrepreneurs and all of the passionate community builders that are in that region. And so that's the long story short, basically. So why do you end up choosing Shenzhen as where to be your base of operations? Because usually I, most people that I know who comes to China usually tries to set themselves up in either Beijing or Shanghai. Yeah, it was a very practical decision because all of the suppliers that we had in our first business or in the previous business that I was running were actually based in Shenzhen because I guess because you have done these podcasts, they have been doing it for a while and you definitely know something about China is that in Shenzhen, there's this market called Huachambei where you can buy basically anything. And so the first suppliers that we had in China were actually based in this place, in this market. That's why, you know, that was my first connection. That was the first thing that I learned about China and about business in China. And that's why I decided to move there because it just was super practical. And also at the same time, because the easiest way for me to come to China at the first place was through university. And I found a university that wanted to have me as an exchange student that was based in Shenzhen. It was a Peking University, 
but it was a business school. This business school is based in Shenzhen. So again, there's two very practical reasons, I would say. So in your journey, what are the interesting career lessons you can share with my audience? Well, for me, it's just, I'm basically grateful for the fact that I ended up in China at the first place or ended up in Asia at the first place. And I think the learning for everybody is that you know, you never know where the life is gonna get uh, is gonna get you. You should not be scared of these things that maybe not so many people know about. Because you know, in Prague or in Europe at that time, not many people actually knew something or a lot of things about China or Asia. Everybody was like, "Yeah, it's kind of unknown region for us," because everybody was talking about Silicon Valley and and London and and Germany and these ecosystems when it came to business and when it came to startups. But China and Asia wasn't on the map for us at that point. I'm just super grateful that for me it happened because because of that I got all of these opportunities. I learned so many things and I'm still learning so many things. So never. Never be scared and be open to new things. I would say. <laughs> and so I wanted to talk about startup grind because I have the really great opportunity to meet with your founder Michael in Silicon Valley last year when I was spending my time in Singularity University. And of course, when I was an entrepreneur, I actually was invited as a guest on the Startup Grind Singapore interview before. Nice, nice. I didn't know that. That's cool. So of course, since you are here, I might as well get you to. Can you briefly introduce Startup Grind to my audience? Absolutely. So as I mentioned, basically right now, how I introduce Startup Grind usually, and actually yesterday we had an event in Prague and, and so I was talking about it. And so, so Startup Grind is right now one of the largest and maybe even the largest entrepreneur community in the world. What it means is that we have people in more than 300 cities and more than 100 countries around the world. And yes, we host a lot of events. So you mentioned that you were a guest at one of our events. And so this kind of event that you attended, that somebody did an interview with you and you could share your story and your experience and you could connect with the local audience and, and basically help them maybe on their journey. We do these things everywhere in the world, basically everywhere in the world. Like, of course, there are some places where we are still not present and we are exploring those. And that's also one of the things that I'm responsible for, that I'm in Asia and I'm responsible for finding people in places where we can host events or start hosting events and basically help that local ecosystem to grow and connect that local ecosystem with the global global scene and global founders and mentors. So, so this is what we do. We also do a lot of conferences, you know, in Silicon Valley and, and London and Barcelona and maybe even in Australia uh, next year. So we do a lot of conferences and we produce a lot of content. So we also have a medium publication. We have a lot of people writing for us so that, again, people can learn from these founders and from these stories. So, so we try to inspire, educate and connect entrepreneurs. That's, that's basically our vision. So what's your current role and coverage in Startup Grind? So what do you actually do as a community director for China and Asia Pacific? Yes, right now it's for me, again, it's very interesting. So my title is this community director, but basically because I'm the only full-time employee of Startup Grind in Asia, I am basically this pioneer or this guy that is responsible for everything. So, yes, I am trying to find people in places, you know, yeah, Singapore. You mentioned Singapore. So I'm working with people in Singapore and trying to build a team and help them to get interesting speakers to speak at their events. But I'm also trying to get connected with people in regions or in places where we don't have anybody yet. And so I'm trying to find passionate community builders that can take responsibility for our brand in their city. 
and build the ecosystem and, and again, connect those founders with other founders around the world. Also, I'm definitely talking to partners and, and potential sponsors and doing some business development and, and trying to do you know, some, some branding and marketing for the brand in Asia, because still, you know, we are definitely smaller in terms of impact in Asia compared to US or Europe, because, you know, US, that's where it started. So it makes sense that we have more cities in US than in Asia, where we never had anybody full time apart from me. So it's just basically being an entrepreneur, running a company and trying to figure out what we should do in Asia, how we can help founders in the best way. So today, actually, the main subject is actually to talk about the startup ecosystem in where you are staying, Shenzhen, yes. China, which is a pretty interesting place because it's like a hardware heaven. Plus, my wife is a hardware entrepreneur nice. and she told me the whole backstory about Hua Chang Day <laughs> and all the electronic supermarket. So for a start, I guess I want to get a sense of the startup ecosystem in Shenzhen, China. How would you characterize the startup ecosystem there from someone like myself from the outside? Yeah, so you mentioned very important point, and that's the hardware. Shenzhen has been known basically since the very beginning when the Shenzhen basically started, because as you may know, Shenzhen is, is not so old. Actually, the city is old maybe 30, 40 years, you know. And so 40 years ago, there was a village. There was nothing going on, right? There was uh, just a fishing village and, and people were living completely different lives there. Basically, yes, hardware is a very important part of Shenzhen because they have the whole infrastructure. They have this market, Huachan Bay, of course. That's where it all started as well, you know, because of that, I could do my business and many people can do business because they can get all of these hardware toys and phones and and whatever whatever you think of and also all of these big companies like Apple and also Xiaomi and DJI and these guys that are hardware based companies basically even though yeah Apple may be software as well but but yeah they manufacture a lot of stuff you know they started manufacturing the phones and everything in Shenzhen so that's why Shenzhen is well known and a lot of people a lot of entrepreneurs when you talk to them or when you when you go to Shenzhen and you see what is the let's say the average entrepreneur or the average company many of them are actually focusing on hardware or IoT or smart cities, smart homes, because that's something where you need to connect the world and the internet uh, through these devices with everything. So yes, that's very interesting. It's very important. And that's how Shenzhen is characterized. But of course, from my perspective, what I'm seeing right now, it's, it's kind of changing, right? Because of course, because of Tencent, for example, that has headquarters in Shenzhen as well, and they have a couple of buildings and and they have a lot of employees there. And of course, as you may know, Tencent is a software company, right? They have social media platforms and, and apps and different. They invest in a lot of companies and, and they just do so many things. So it's also kind of becoming this software hub and startup hub because of these big companies, you know, that are exploring and moving even into Shenzhen. So it's a very exciting place because it's growing fast. It's a, let's say, special economic zone as well, because as I said, the city was built for entrepreneurship because there was nothing 40 years ago, 30 years ago. And now people from all around China, young people are moving to Shenzhen to find opportunities to either work for companies like Tencent, DJI and these big guys that I mentioned or to start their own companies because Shenzhen is known as being one of the most open cities in China. So, again, it's very interesting. And, and these are the couple of points that I would like to mention when you ask me how I would characterize Shenzhen, the city. 
I mean, Shenzhen is the home also to one of China's tech giants, Huawei, which yes, actually produce right. the networks, the, the best smartphones out there. Yes. And of course, as you mentioned, Tencent and DJI are also there. So would you think that in today, Shenzhen is almost becoming like a Silicon Valley <laughs> where you have your Apple, Google, HP <laughs> that have all been there? That's, uh, you know, is that characterization correct? I think when you want to simplify it, when you want to really, really keep it simple, then you can probably say that. Because, yes, there are some things that are in common, but it's much more complex, right? When you think about Silicon Valley, when you think about why Silicon Valley is Silicon Valley, why Shenzhen is Shenzhen, I wouldn't compare it. Because, again, Shenzhen is super well-known because of hardware only, basically, or mostly, mostly hardware. And also, there is not so many great universities, so much talent in Shenzhen compared to Silicon Valley or San Francisco. There is more to it, but if you want to simplify it, then yes, you could say that, that it's becoming very similar in terms of the ecosystem. But of course, the ecosystem is not there yet. And what I mean by that is that Silicon Valley is very international. It's very diverse. And in Shenzhen, it's still very local. And it's very hard for foreign companies or foreign entrepreneurs to come to Shenzhen, to go to Shenzhen and do something there from scratch to get the information, to meet the right people. It's still pretty difficult compared to Silicon Valley. Yeah, because there's not so many people doing community events. There's not so many people trying to even translate the information so that it's available in English. So that if you don't speak Chinese, if you just come to Shenzhen for the first time or to China, you can get that access. So, so it's definitely not there yet. There is a, a lot of things that needs to be that need to be changed before you can say that it's the new Silicon Valley or the new it's the new mecca of entrepreneurship. But but definitely it's an exciting place, and I love it because there is a lot of opportunities and there is a lot of things to learn. So what are the key traits of the Shenzhen startup ecosystem then? So I think we talked about it a little bit, right? So we talked about the hardware, we talked about IoT. I think there is a lot of what is kind of becoming a trend in Shenzhen. What I see is that there is a lot of VC funds or a lot of companies that are trying to build cross-border funds or trying to help foreign startups, foreign technology startups to enter Chinese market. So there is a lot of these kind of incubators and you know accelerators and even government-backed or Tsinghua University-backed VC funds that are trying to utilize their network all around China and use Shenzhen as a spot to help foreign companies to enter Chinese market. So I think this is some of the trend that you might observe. You know, there is another, from the top of my head, I can tell you that there is another company which is called, I think, Silk Ventures. This company is run by an entrepreneur. She's actually a woman. She is based in the UK most of the time, but she spent a lot of time in China and she raised a lot of money from the Chinese government to do exactly that, to help technology startups from all around the world enter Chinese market. So this is one of the trends that I see and that's something that is happening, happening a lot right now. I want to get away from the big companies. I want to get your opinion. Which are the interesting startups that have actually evolved from the Shenzhen startup ecosystem? Yeah, you know, I think we mentioned a couple of them or you, I don't know, we talked about it, right? For example, we mentioned DJI, which is which is not a startup per se. It's a unicorn now, right? <laughs> because it's unicorn, it's a huge company. But what is interesting about the company is that they started in Shenzhen and it's actually not so long ago. And now they basically own like 80% of the whole drone market around the world, you know, and, and they do really, really cool stuff. 
They do a lot of innovation. So that's one of the companies, right? There is another company, which is now Insta360. I don't know if you have heard about the company, but it's another hardware company. They do 360 video cameras. And, uh, you know, they also do VR stuff. And they also, they started a couple of years ago. And now Facebook recommends this company to users to use this product to get great experience when it comes to live streaming and, and, and doing something in 360 or in VR. Yeah, they're expanding. They're, they're opening offices around the world. Another company, again, it's, it's funny, right? But it's hardware. That's, that's something that kind of that validates the point that we were talking about, that it's, it's mostly about hardware in Shenzhen. So there's another company called MakeBlock which is uh, kind of playing around with the STEM education and robots and, you know, these things that, you know, people can learn how to code and how to build stuff, you know, and, and they raised a lot of money. They, they, they raised a couple million or maybe 20 million US dollars, you know, and they went through different accelerators and, and they're kind of becoming global, global leader in what they do. So, so there, there are these companies, another maybe last company that comes to mind is OnePlus, right? That's uh, also, again, maybe not a startup per se, because they were launched within another big company, but they behave like a startup. They have a smaller team, they have different office, they focus on different markets. It's a Chinese brand, but they do it very in an internationalized way. And they're pretty successful in markets like India and Europe. And so, so these companies are all, all kind of hardware based, but they're pretty successful and they were all born in Shenzhen. Do you have any like software startups that have emerged in Shenzhen in the recent eight years? I honestly, right now, when you ask me, I cannot really think of anything that would be really, really well known, especially in the international community. Of course, there are many Chinese companies and even just think about it, right? So for example, WeChat, right? So WeChat actually was born in the region. Right. And it's it's kind of a software, it's social media thing. And it's also it's not so old. Right. So that's something that uh, many people probably know about or should know about because it's a huge innovation in terms of building the whole ecosystem around your product. Because WeChat is not just social media platform, but it's also about payments and and it's also about marketplaces and and e-commerce and everything. So, so that's something maybe that I would mention, even though, again, it's not a startup per se. It was built within Tencent, but it was built by different team that is completely separated from the Tencent headquarters. And it's actually now sitting in Guangzhou, which is a city that is like one hour from Shenzhen. But that's something that kind of validates the, the software part of Shenzhen. I thought it would be interesting to also say once upon a time, Tencent was a startup that set up in Shenzhen and actually IPO'd in Hong Kong, right? Right? Yeah, you can say that. I'm very curious about Shenzhen from the accelerator and incubator's viewpoint because uh, I have a friend by the name of Ben Joff and Cyril Ebersweiler who set up the Hex Accelerator. I have a very good friend who's actually lived in Singapore, but he spends most of his time in Shenzhen. His name is Bunny Huang. And I think he did the tour for Wyatt recently in Shenzhen. I want to get a, a much more bigger view of the ecosystem. Are there any interesting key accelerators and incubators that you have seen that's in the ecosystem? Yes, absolutely. So you mentioned the one that probably everybody knows in the space. People that are in the space, that are in the startup ecosystem, they probably know Hacks because, again, they're, they're one of the most famous accelerators in the world in terms of hardware. And yes, they are one of the pioneers when it comes to building this thing in Shenzhen, China, and helping founders to manufacture product and to get to the market faster. But there is a couple of them. So another one that probably you know, they are actually based in Hong Kong too, but they have offices in Guangzhou and Shenzhen, and they're called Brink, brink.io. Yes, I know, Bay. Yes, Bay. 
So Bay is a good friend of mine and they have a huge team. Actually, they are mostly in Guangzhou because they have the factories and they have partners in Guangzhou. And, and they actually, they are incubator, accelerator or accelerator as well. They focus on IoT and healthcare mostly, but also what they do and what I really like about them is that they are trying to build a community around China in terms of information. So they organize China trips for entrepreneurs that actually are thinking about doing something in China, but they have never been there. So they can help them to get the first sense of what it's like to talk to factories, to visit factories, you know, to talk to some partners and stuff like that. So they can provide a lot of support. They build a community. They have a community which is called Enter China, I guess. You know, they actually help other companies, not only their portfolio companies, but they have kind of like a studio that if you have a company that needs to manufacture something in China, they can help you from the very beginning to you know, get to the right factory, to source the right products. They have the local team, Chinese team there, and they're pretty good. And they are now opening different partnerships and different branches around the world. So I think what they're doing is pretty exciting too. And so these are the two major ones when it comes to international founders that international founders that are thinking about going to China should know about for sure. And then, of course, as I mentioned, there's a couple of other, a couple other incubators and accelerators that are mostly local and, and even, let's say, government-backed or, you know, for example, what they are doing, there are a couple of uh, incubators and accelerators that have some sort of partnerships with different cities in Europe, and they try to do this kind of talent exchange and startup, startup exchange. So if there is somebody from China that would like to enter, enter Europe through Finland or through Dublin or through these places, they can go through this accelerator because Chinese government has partnership with the other local government in Europe and they can do this kind of exchange and support in terms of language translations and, you know, finding partners and getting the right information and stuff like that. So, so this is, again, this, that's part of the trend that I mentioned that it's, that it's happening. So whenever there are entrepreneurs, there are investors. So who are the investors in Shenzhen, for example, venture capitalists and any like interesting early stage business angels or probably super angels that is living there that we must know? Yes, that's again, that's a very interesting thing. I can give you again a couple of examples because if you would like to know every single person there, then probably you know we would we would spend a lot of time on that. But again, because I guess your audience is more international, then uh, you know they would be looking for people that can actually help them from the international perspective. So the funds that can actually support them in terms of language information and stuff like that. So one of the very interesting things that is happening, and again, it's linked to the things that I already mentioned before, this cross-border and talent exchange. There is a fund called. Leaguer X, and uh, it's a Chinese fund. It's ba- it's backed by the government. And it's also backed by Tsinghua University because they have a they have a lot of resources. And it's actually ran by a friend. He's Chinese, but he's very internationalized because he studied probably abroad. He speaks English and also like he's uh, really trying to push for this. You know, connect China with the rest of the world. So that's very interesting fund. They do accelerator as well. They invest into companies and they help companies to set up companies in China and to do different stuff when they're just getting started, let's say, you know? So that's one. Another example is that the biggest venture capital fund in China is actually based in Shenzhen. And I think it's called Shenzhen Capital or something like that. I honestly, right now, I would have to look it up and I can look it up and I can send you the link or something. I can send you the name. That's very interesting because, you know, they have a lot of money under management. They are the biggest and they are very localized though. 
you know, I don't think that they do a lot of stuff when it comes to international founders or international companies. But this is, for example, the fund that you should know about. Yeah, you know, as you mentioned, even hacks invest into companies, right, through Accelerator and even bring invest, in, invest into companies. You know, Tencent, they have different arms, they have different investors that invest into different companies, let's say AI, they even launched AI incubator and accelerator right now. So there is a lot of things. And of course, I would first go in a direction that is more open to foreign founders if they want to come. So I would target these big companies or I would target these accelerators or the communities and and go through this path if you want to find investors or if you want to learn something about VC in Shenzhen. So what are the key events that people can attend in Shenzhen to get an introduction? Or is there any like major event that we must show up, you know, in order to get the feel, the vibe of the startup ecosystem here? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give you the plug. So Startup Grind is actually very active. We are very active in Shenzhen. And even in the region, we have also chapter in Guangzhou and in Hong Kong as well. So we kind of connect the dots between these three cities that are very, very close to each other. And uh, so we host events all the time, every single month. We do Chinese events, but we also do English events. So we actually hosted CEO of Insta360 last weekend. And we hosted a couple of foreign founders like Trevor Owens from Lean Startup Machine. And, and we had guys from DJI as well. So we do a lot of things and we really try to connect the dots between local and international founders and even mentors and, and VCs and speakers. So that's definitely one of the things that I would recommend people to check out. But there are definitely many more. So, for example, one co-working space, which is called Simply Work. They are one of the largest co-working spaces or maybe the largest co-working space in the region, in the Guangdong province. They host a lot of events. They have a community. They have like eight, nine spaces in Shenzhen right now. And in different spaces, they host different events that are, let's say, marketing oriented or VC oriented or branding oriented and stuff like that. So of course, if you come to Shenzhen for the first time and you are just looking for some community, you should probably go to one of those spaces and, and check it out. So that's next one. Another one that is organized by my friend is actually a big conference, which is going to happen in December this year, uh, December 11th, 12th and 30th. It's called Mars Summit. It's basically a big conference for 10,000 people. There is going to be a lot of startups from all around the world, of course, mostly China, but also there is going to be a lot of speakers from Silicon Valley, from Europe, even probably some from Singapore, because we are working, because I'm helping even with this conference and we are working with a couple of people in Southeast Asia so that we can create that bridge as well in terms of information. And so this event is really, really interesting because it's kind of the rice conference of Shenzhen yeah, or of China. Because there is a lot of people at one place, it's for three days, and you can connect with a lot of founders, VCs, you can pitch to VCs if you have a startup, and you can apply for a startup program and whatever. So I think that's another conference or another event to check out because it's pretty internationalized at this point already. Sure. I think Shenzhen is the home of, as we already said, very well-known Chinese companies, Huawei, DJI, and Tencent. How do they interact with the startup ecosystem? Yeah, so for example, Tencent, they just launched a university. They launched Tencent University, where they work with the founders. So they engage with founders that either Tencent invested in, and they bring them on as mentors and, you know, they pick startups from the ecosystem that have potential, maybe even for a Tencent portfolio or even for the ecosystem. Of course, the selection criteria, criteria might, be, might be different and it might be broader than just, you know, that it's a potential portfolio company for Tencent. But they do this kind of ecosystem thing that they try to mentor startups. I honestly don't know if this thing is open to foreign startups. I think 
it's mostly in Chinese. So even if it's open to foreign startups, you will probably have to have a Chinese team or you will need to speak Chinese because all of the mentors or most of the mentors, they are focused on China and they are Chinese. So, but that's one of the ways how Tencent is trying to interact and build the ecosystem. I think this is something that has changed a lot in the past couple of months and years because Tencent, before they had this reputation that they were just killing startups, so that they copied somebody's idea if the idea was good or yes, maybe they, they acquired a couple of companies, but they weren't really building the ecosystem by giving back in terms of information and support. And now they're trying to change that. And also they have different incubators, as I mentioned, accelerators focusing on AI and different stuff. So this is, for example, how Tencent tries to interact with the ecosystem or with the startups. Huawei, for example, just to give you one more, let's say, they just launched a program where they are looking for foreign companies that are developing some apps or games. And they launched this fund to give, let's say, free credits to these companies that have some interesting software that have potential to explode in China. And they can help them through the phones they have and through the ecosystem and through the app store market that they have because they are selling you know, millions, tens of millions of smartphones, and they already have like half a billion smartphones on the market, maybe even more. So they can use this ecosystem to push these apps in China. And so so they are trying to make it very interna- internationalized. They, they focus on founders in Europe and US, and, and they try to build relationships with developers. And so this is what, for example, Huawei is doing in terms of startups right now. Well, that's very, very interesting. So I guess this startup story is going to actually continue. But in the closing, I want to know, can you recommend a book, podcast, movie or something which you find interesting recently? Yes. So one movie that I actually watched this weekend, because I guess you have noticed that many people talk about Bitcoin and blockchain, right? Like recently that Bitcoin is rising in terms of value and everybody is investing and stuff like that. So I started paying attention And I wanted to get educated, you know, when it comes to this technology, what it is and, you know, should I invest, shouldn't I invest? And I started talking to people. People recommended this movie, which is called Banking on Blockchain or Bitcoin. Sorry, Banking on Bitcoin. You can find it on YouTube. I think it's uh, it's for free. I actually watched it on YouTube. And it's really, really good movie that explains the whole history of Bitcoin and blockchain and the first startups and this. And I and I think I would recommend it for everybody to watch because, again, everybody talks about Bitcoin and blockchain. And I think that's the technology that might actually change many industries in the future. So that's one thing that I would recommend for sure. I would definitely recommend that movie because I think one of the most interesting part of that movie was when the director asked his parents to read up about Bitcoin blockchain in front of everybody along the way. And then only until the end, then you realize that those American family is actually the family of the director of that movie. It was very interesting and very educational, you know, and some of the things that were actually mentioned in the movie, I I never knew about, you know, that the beginnings of Bitcoin were pretty crazy, actually. Coincidentally, I've just interviewed the founder of Quantum, which is China's largest blockchain project. So anyway, coming back to you, how do my audience find you? It's actually very simple. So uh, even though I'm now in Prague, but I uh, long term focus on China and Asia. And so my handle on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook is the same. And it's your China guy because I try to help people to get connected with the market, you know, to provide the information and resources and connections. And even Startup Grind is doing that. So so you can find me on Twitter, everywhere on social media as your China guy. Or 
if you want to shoot me a message, if you have something that is, uh, that is, let's say, more focused or you have more information to provide or you have some questions, just send me an email at jan at startupgrind.com because that's my email. And I usually, if, if the request or if the message is reasonable, <laughs> I, I basically reply to all of them. So I'm very approachable. So people can find me either on email or LinkedIn, even searching for my name. So again, I'm very approachable. If people tell me what they need, how I can help, then I will definitely reply. And you can find me at bleongcw.bernardleong.com. Subscribe to us at Analyze Asia, A-N-A-L-Y-S-E, Asia. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Acast, and of course, TuneIn and Google Play in the US market. Tweet to us, recommend us with a star on Overcast or give us a five-star rating on Apple's podcast. And of course, give me your valuable feedback. So once again, Jan, thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity. And I hope to connect with some of, your, uh, some of the audience. Thank you.